0: India Charts, the truth about the markets. India Charts publishes Nifty Daily, daily video updates, the weekly Elliott Wave Outlook and the Long shot report covering all asset classes. Good evening everyone. This is the 1st of December 2021. So first day of the month, we just ended up closing down for the Nifty yesterday, forming an engulfing bear pattern on the monthly chart and I hope that's not signaled everybody to go in dump everything crazy world if you like this podcast if you like what you listen to here there's a lot more that i publish on a daily basis and we really have to say this out loud i know don't usually do it but i think that's the only way it works if you like this you should subscribe to india charts insiders where we do uh, you know a daily update on all the parameters that i'm going to discuss today beyond the nifty and everything else that we try to correlate with the market so that your understanding of what is going on gets far 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 better than than what you really simply hear on this in fact what you hear on this is is the process of educating you that these are the parameters we need to be watching out for or at least the market men are looking at and how to interpret that and then we start tracking it because the answer doesn't really lie here and now so if you've just read my intermarket divergence piece and got lost uh, and i did mention the key factors watching there are you know the bond deals or the dollar and that's telling us something about how markets may behave then you need to actually watch the update on that and how those factors are doing because on, in the days ahead they'll continue to confirm what we are going to really get in terms of an outcome you know it could be this way or that way but those factors if we watch them closely will tell us exactly what is going on and that's the whole point and if you want to be on top of it then why wouldn't you really read all the posts that we put out every day and simply wait for a podcast at the uh, end of a week because that's just part of getting you educated in this entire process so go out and do that don't wait for me to say this every time Uh, but I probably will because it looks like unless you don't say it people don't do it so anyway uh, what is the big takeaway and the first message that I get early morning is that you know our markets done overdone and and my response is well whatever it be the dollar actually fell overnight and then later when i looked at the chart i could actually see the first clear five wave decline you know so Mm i have been bearish on the dollar a couple of times and then it fell and rallied again and each of the times it declined i don't think i saw a clear five wave decline on the early chart but we got the daily momentum indicators crossing over and so we thought maybe this is the start of a downward trend But this time it's pretty apparent at least over the over the last couple of days that it looks like a five wave decline and you have 80% retracement and the daily momentum is in sell again. So does that all mean that the dollar started to decline from here? And why did this happen right around the announcement that the Fed is going to maybe speed up its tapering process? So at least that's what they said in Congress. I don't know if those. Uh, comments really matter they many times change I mean they say something here and then they do something else and so nothing is really permanent but for the time being that's what markets are forced to respond upon but again every comment can be taken both ways you can actually say oh well tapering that's the end of the world there'll be no more free money or on the other side there's been enough free money that's been sent around and now the strength of the US economy is so much that it's it's going to continue to grow at least for the next six months and so doesn't really need life support and that means that you know this those markets can continue to do well on their own. And if that's true and we back off, then you actually find bonds bond markets are uh, pulling back a bit, which means yields can go up. And if yields go up, is that really a bad thing? Because if you don't know and you've not read intermarket uh, you know analysis that I publish regularly or haven't understood the risk parity trade, essentially it's an inverse correlation between bonds and stocks. Because investors, when they really you know pitching in money into equity and this specifically we are talking about the u.s then they end up buying u.s stocks and end up selling u.s bonds you know and and simultaneously when they get scared they feel the market's going to go down they start allocating back to bonds and uh, selling stocks and so that always shows up in bond yields rising or falling so if you actually saw bond yields falling a while back you could have actually taken it as a signal that there's a risk of trade coming so the first time yields fell back a lot of people debated as to why they have fallen they'll rise again and so on. And now you have an equity market correction showing up so this is how this is how it really goes Uh, yields have uh, you know for quite a while been inversely correlated to us equities for years or maybe the last two decades you can find this correlation maybe even beyond that but at least uh, i have seen it since the year 2000 so i can clearly point it out what we haven't really seen is uh, you know a similar relationship maybe with the dollar so uh, you know when, when you had the fed step in for the first time Uh, doing qe uh, not even qe actually cutting interest rates to stimulate the post tech bubble economy then at that point of time uh, you actually moment you started cutting rates well the dollar may not have immediately responded but eventually it did you know by 2001 late into those rate cuts the dollar started to fall because you're cutting rates to weaken uh, the currency and moment that started to happen it had a positive rub off not just on us equity but emerging markets and commodity markets that did particularly well till 2008 and then of course late into that interest rates start rising and you know as equities do well and then you had the 2008 bubble and then again rinse and repeat same process but something new came in because rates got so close to zero you needed a new measure and we came to know about something called QE which is direct intervention of the central bank buying bonds now that should have made the same thing that well if they are buying bonds the dollar goes down and blah 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 But uh, as QE1, QE2 uh, and QE3 were implemented, the dollar actually went up, uh, right? So we didn't actually see the dollar fall, we saw it rise, uh, you know, not just starting from 2008, but all the way till 2017, 18, which is essentially that nine year uh, cycle that we see, you know, a a bullish trend in uh, the dollar, which has historically been then seven to eight years of bullish uh, dollar index and then seven to eight years of bearish dollar index. So you are actually in a bullish dollar environment for that entire period with you know QE being implemented and uh, the dollar didn't go down despite uh, all that money infusion and what happened to the bond market is that uh, since stocks did well on the back of QE uh, bond yields actually started to rise on the back of a rising stock market which is which is nothing more than bonds prices falling right. So its equities were going up so bonds were going down buy stocks sell bonds and if you sell bonds bond yields go up so yields and equity becoming more directly correlated so that that's the risk parity trade showing up there but showing up this time with a rising dollar environment and so uh, the rising dollars become uh, more and more associated with a stronger u.s market because that's where a lot of the direct uh, impact is of the uh, fed measures uh, on monetary policy so uh, this has become the new theme and so that correlation that we saw before where they are cutting rates and the dollar fell and they were you know raising rates and the dollar rose sort of shifted away to the dollar actually inverting with uh, with bond yields you know because now it's responding more to the US strength because of the stimulus and when that happens bond yields are actually ra- uh, rising because bond prices are falling and the dollar is going up and so uh, that's that's the correlation i saw happening after 2014 till whenever it stays it looks at in in this new qe tapering blah blah environment we are going to see we are seeing a completely new relationship and that new relationship is what we are going to be watching out for in the months or weeks ahead if we want to take a trigger from macro factors so what we saw overnight is the US, u.s said oh we'll taper faster what that immediately means is oh they're not going to be buying bonds that much will bond prices fall the dollar market says oops let's let's fall too because when bonds fall rates go up and the dollar goes up is the new relationship and but then all of that only happens when stocks do well and that means the fed may be right the us economy is strong enough for stocks to rise so this is this sort of the thematic if it is true which means that it's strong enough for the time being till we get another problem that growth is not happening at least for the us market uh, we back off let the markets rise let the bonds fall and let the dollar fall but if the dollar is falling and u.s markets are rising that falling dollar will sort of remove the pressure that we have been seeing for so long on commodities and emerging markets that's the trade-off that's the tricky part we'll have to see that emerge over the next couple of days i think that was the first sign so that five wave decline so called what i called on the dollar is essentially been the long wait for the dollar to roll over which a lot of people think won't happen but history shows now, at least in the current post QE environment that the dollar does exactly the opposite when you go off tapering. So that's I think uh, what uh, we are, I'm going to be watching out for. If of course yields start falling, then then it's a completely different thing because it will signal uh, risk of trade all over again, which is essentially what you saw in the last month or so where yields were falling. And then suddenly your equities started to fall. And then you had all this news around Omicron, even if I'm you know, seeing that trend, Omicron and uh, and then you had the fed statement right which which was unexpected because we knew taperings coming and then suddenly they say oh, we're going to we may have to even do it sooner uh, came as a surprise but uh, but our markets really going to take it that negatively at least today we are seeing the bounce off uh, we can give it a couple of days to see whether all of this plays out exactly as i'm saying but it does look like we are seeing some kind of selling climax not just in the u.s but in india in the u.s it's it can be seen in the form of you know Uh, premiums on uh, on volatility really shooting which is essentially options getting priced for risk and in India uh, we see that in the in the form of you know all the negative news uh, you know not having that much of an impact today in fact for most of Asia today we didn't see the impact of the Fed statement at all and most of it said yeah we, have, we are already done selling on that Omicron news We have nothing more to sell in India I can actually make that relation because last week we actually had expiration so whatever selling was there because of expiration so if you're stuck you got expiration you know people made losses so they sold their stocks on the market on Friday to pay for those losses to the broker and so the margin sales already happened and now and that also you had Omicron to help them sell even more hard like right just sell right there you got to pay for this and then you come to monday morning yeah you're supposed to panic but who's going to sell i mean you got to have stock to sell you got to be stuck to sell and that's typically traders right it's not the investors who are going to panic on every dip and rise especially imagine that you bought Tata Power one year ago at 27 rupees in march 2020 and now it's at 200 and something are you going to panic it's 10x up it drops 5 percent 10 percent in fact Tata Power is one of the outperforming stocks so it's actually not fallen below even its 40 day average but that's just to give you an example where the strength has been over the last year where have they gone you could do the same analysis for the metals index and don't take march 2020 take june 2020 you know if you bought metal and metal stocks then or even if you bought them in september you're still up after this correction especially if you bought the large ones now if you're in steel authority it may be a completely different story but the point being as an investor you don't run into losses that soon as you do as a trader right so it's a completely different scenario got the traders running for the hill on the news okay and the question really is how trained are you in thinking the opposite way because the only way you're going to get on, get in front of the next trade is when you're going to be able to uh, you know take a stance that you've reached a selling climax and you need to change sides so uh, for all the bickering about market will crash uh, people who got it right from eighteen thousand to seventeen thousand the question is and I raised this last week on Twitter what are you doing what are you going to do now what are you going to do at this level you know, you got seventeen thousand. Some people said, "No, you'll get sixteen 6. Well, you got sixteen seven seventy eight. Are you still going to wait? And how long? And if you're going to just keep waiting, if tomorrow is going to be a five hundred point pop up day for the Nifty, then what are you going to do? Are you going to keep waiting for the next sell off? So, uh, so if you're an investor and if you've been, you know, if you, if you thought through this and you expected something and it came and you didn't take the action required, then you just missed the whole point of you know having made that call goes away. So uh, that's just how it is if you if you have not driven by process but of course if you think this is a bear market and every bounce is going to be another crash then that's a completely different thing and if you get that right then congratulations but whatever I see and whatever I understand about the changes in the market structure over the last uh, year or two I don't think uh, we are in a bear market and even if you do get a slightly deeper correction in the market which I still don't think this one is. Uh, even then you might not be in a bear market you might be in a much longer bull run that lasts for several years because there's structurally a lot of changes that have happened in price even though valuations and all may appear high or you may feel that you know we've run up ahead of ourselves which is fine that's a completely different argument but with the, but the structural change that has happened between say 2014 to 2018 is that during that period you had l- several sectors actually falling because the mark because the economy was weak so while we were stimulating by cutting rates and the banking sector gave out a lot of loans and fine banks did well and you know autos did well because they were getting the uh, you know spending based on those borrowings and so was the consumption sector but everything else cyclicals you know uh, and sectors that had done well in the previous cycle whether it was infra reality capital goods none of them were making new highs and then of course you had the uh, you had uh, these stocks which are deep in debt or which were stuck due to some reason you had the adag group getting into trouble You had CG getting into I mean so many so many groups and companies getting into different kinds of downtrends so many banks uh, And then NBFC is getting into trouble. So all of that was happening as the sideshow While your BFSI was doing well, right? So you had that you had a 10-year consolidation forget the bad stocks even in the good stocks you had a 10-year consolidation in the power sector reality sector uh, metal sector and so on now all of these have broken out of that trend they've broken out of these sideways range triangular patterns or whatever patterns were there for the last eight years uh, and are right out of that so this is clearly a new trend that is developing irrespective of what correction happens when what size which is a completely different argument and so you cannot end the bull market this bull market is not over that's the first thing that you need to get in your mind then it's really a question of okay what can be the size of a correction and where you are now let's under ch- understand another structural change why these corrections are not coming as deep as they did between 2000 to 2008 bull run This is again something people don't get and I may have mentioned it before or not the options open interest to the futures open interest ratio between 2000 to 2008 75% or in fact at the end of 2008 it was almost 85% I think at the peak was futures open interest so if you take the total open interest of all derivatives 85% was futures market 15% was options market which is very similar to the prior period where you had badla which was again a futures type market It's not pure futures but basically whether you are buying stocks in badla or whether you are buying stocks in futures the only way you make money is directional okay so if you don't get a directional move people unwind they start selling and it creates a directional downtrend so so always the selling is downwards and that is why you get deep correction so moment an uptrend ends people want to unwind you get a deep correction because all the open interest is in the futures market and you need to actually sell to unwind that position okay or pay for those losses if if the market actually falls you have to sell stocks in the cash market so the losses are bigger because of that volatility but now you are in a situation post uh, 2014 and even more after 2020 Uh, in fact after 2014 it was 60% now the latest reading is almost 75% of the total open interest is not the futures market but is the options market and the options market is very very different Uh, it doesn't have to crash a lot for you to lose money if you just below the strike price that's it premiums go to zero writers made the money and you've lost stock doesn't have to crash so suddenly you don't need that much volatility to create the same amount of loss for traders who are buying options and they are buying huge amounts of them because it takes small amounts to buy and participate so gives you a lot of leverage on the upside when you are right but at the same time very small movements can sort of wipe out options traders as well especially if in the weekly options market okay if you are trading that tight I don't really get that time frame I prefer a longer time horizon Uh, but either way the understanding of that is important because now you don't get great volatility because the options market doesn't re- need to move that much. They are happy with no volatility. You get a small drop 5%, 6%, 10% is a big correction which we've had this time. The earlier corrections were smaller. The only other 9%, 10% correction was uh, the first one that we got after March 2020 which was between I think in the May. In May 2020, you got the first pullback which was close to an over 10% correction. This one has been around 8.5% so far and that's sort of sort of the biggest you're getting all the others have been smaller in the last year and the reason is just this that you don't really need more apart from the rotation factor i mean that's a separate one but i'm just trying to highlight why directionally big sell-offs are maybe not happening they may be happening in individual areas but the options market is what is not really creating that kind of volatility and it didn't do so even in 2017-18 when all those sectors were crashing i was also bearish on the market based on that but the nifty just held its own because because this regime change from futures to options had already happened and uh, it really took the pandemic to get that one time big sell off back to the 40 month average and then we've been booming since there so this is the second two structural changes that we have to account for uh, and why the market has changed so now uh, coming from there we start thinking about the market in a very different way we have to think about uh, the macros we have to actually think whether the economy is going to keep improving, will the government keep stimulating, will you get earnings growth next year and those factors and really now in this time because you're getting now across sectoral participation is this going to get far more broad based. I think that's the real thing you got to check up on because if the government is going to spend on infra, it's going to trigger capital goods and you know various other sectors to participate which the market is anticipating today and it has to happen over a period of time which is why the next thing the market will start looking forward to now is going to be the budget 2022 and what fresh measures on the spending side are going to be there so that's that's what we look at after this correction is now sort of almost done maybe uh, if we break past 17 250 i think now is the falling trend line the 40 hour average all of that uh, is the breakout point for the bank nifty it may be a little higher uh, maybe 30 I don't know 36,800 or so once we do those breakouts then uh, we've sort of done with this downward trend and we are heading right back to the upside and i wouldn't rule out that at least on the nifty we can go back to new all-time highs it's not completely not ruled out in my book so that's what we'll watch out for how this uh, next move higher plays out in terms of size and scale will it be graded at once or will it be a one-way swing i mean all the past swings have been one way so i don't know why this one should be graded if graded if it's actually part of an ongoing bull market uh, and then again you'll go back to looking at which sectors can do well or or not are they all going to extend because at one point if you think about it you'll think that oh fifth waves have ended everywhere and then when you start getting extensions you have to end up adding four more waves to the upside and that's the big challenge and that's the beauty of an extended market that simply wants to go on and on lastly in the very very short term we have diverged a lot from the US market which is why we would probably m- move up sooner. In fact, maybe even the emerging market space as a whole will now do better uh, compared to the US or along with the US. Uh, but then of course there you have to be selective. I mean all markets haven't done well. So I can't really say all of them will do well. But uh, some of them in India has been one of the top performing EMs. So we should probably hold that position. But we have seen this divergence where uh, where you know, whenever US markets have done well. Uh, our market at least have been sort of flattish and then our market has done well and then their market has been flattish and the recent sell-off you would have felt oh now that correlation is breaking but if you just look at it India peaked at around the 27th or uh, 28th of October but the US market S&P made its highest level around the 14th of November so there is there's that lead lag so by the time they started to fall last week we are already in the 6th week of a correction and all of our previous corrections have been 5 to 6 weeks so we are at the fag end of this and now US has all this news running around and uh, we are probably at the basing formation. So moment their bad news hit, we were already on Friday in the sixth week of a downtrend since 18,600 when Omicron news comes out. So that's how far we are. And so that's where it's again not correlating. So while some volatility may continue around US markets as news flow builds up, even though it may be bouncing today, our market may be more prepared to actually start its uh, you know run to the higher side because that's what we've done. Uh, relative to the U.S. market, I don't know if both start correlating, then that will be a slight change from what has happened in the past. Uh, my wave counts are sort of aligning now across uh, these markets to a very similar outcome compared to before, where they were very very different over time. So that's also going to be interesting to see whether this inversion uh, that we've seen between India and U.S. actually breaks away and we start correlating. So I don't know if that will be the case, but in terms of levels, it's pretty clear. Cross 17. 250, I think, is the final breaking breakout point. If the basing process is done between you know 16, 700 and 17, 200, we break out and then we head all the way back higher. So that's my outlook. Uh, I've given my reasoning and explanation. Do sign up and start tracking all these uh, factors as we cover them on an everyday basis with India Charts Insiders. See you there. And for those of you who feel interested after listening to all of this and you know wanting to really learn not just Elliott wave analysis, technicals. Uh, And the entire trade setup, how we combine things, how we put, you know, the entire business cycle together with equity and and you know, pick stocks. If you want to get the entire learning of that, then join the mentorship program. We have the uh, next batch, fourth one, I think uh, coming up from January. I'm not sure, but I'm thinking it may be the last for the time I'll take. We'll see what we'll do next year. So if you're still serious about doing it and getting hands on uh, with me on uh, Elliott Wave Analysis specifically then don't miss out on the next one. I don't know when we'll be doing the next. So uh, that's all from me. Thank you. Nothing in this podcast is investment advice. Views on financial markets are in good faith to expand your understanding of how markets work. Please consult a registered financial advisor for the same. And yes, please share this podcast with everyone you think can benefit from this knowledge.